to Devil in the Detail, Salford Red Devils, independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkinson. Another quiet week for Salford Red Devils. Lots of news, lots of, uh, you know, big news with the salary captain here to help me talk about it. Our away day, Red, Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you all right, mate? You had a, you had a stressful week with all this salary cap business? Yeah, I couldn't concentrate work on Friday. I'm dropping my tools, worrying about salary caps and getting points docked off. That was all after the... Um, Emotions of uh, the 31-30 defeat as well. So, yeah, but hopefully we can put things right this this Sunday against Castleford and take two points this week. Yeah. Also joining us on the <coughs> show is uh, the 18th man, Sofa Red Devils blogger Ryan Wilkinson. Right, Ryan. All right, Rob. How are you? First time on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? A massive Sofa Reds fan. You might know my granddad, John Wilkinson, RX chairman, and um, yeah, you'll see me at the games, getting the atmosphere going. Cool, cool. What have we got on the show today, Paul? Yeah, we've got a review of the Warrington match. We've got the news, all the salary cap uh, bits and bobs and comings and goings. We've got the amateur results and fixtures, uh, the Challenge Cup uh, third round draw, and we've also got the Castleford preview for this Sunday. Cool. We've also got the Sports Nomad um, on as well, talking about his uh, new his video of, of the game he came to at the uh, St. Helens uh, match uh, and how much he enjoyed his Salford Red Devils experience. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll start with our defeat at Warrington uh, last week. So, Salford cruelly defeated last week against Warrington, uh, Paul. You know, rugby league, it's a, it's a crazy game sometimes. Yeah, it certainly is. And I mean, to go, go 30 points to blow up against Warrington is no mean feat, really. I mean, the first half, we, well, we outplayed him there, didn't it, really? And for me, it sort of all hinged on that, that Cinder. It sort of turned the game when Carney went off and it sort of stopped our momentum. And obviously, Warrington came back in the... The rest is history, really. Yeah, uh, Salford start with Gareth O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Junior Sow, Josh Griffin, Greg Johnson, uh, Robert Louis, Michael Dobson, Ben Murdoch Masala, Mark Flanagan, Josh Jones, Craig Kopchak, Tommy Lee, George Griffin on the bench uh, for Salford with Niall Evels, Adam Warren, Logan Tompkins, and Jordan Warren, Ryan. Um, you know, strong side Salford put out there, Warrington. You know they came, you know, with with the with a strong side as well, and, and we competed, you know, throughout. Yeah, I think our starting thirteen were absolutely incredible on Thursday night. Um, they worked so hard, the attitude was spot on. Um, you know, we were beat by an amazing second half performance from Chris Sandow. Uh, that kick at the end was one of the best drop goals I've ever seen in rugby league, uh, right on the hooter. Um, but where I do think we are lacking on the bench, um, I think that's where Warrington beat us when the conditions went a bit adverse in those final 30 minutes. Uh, but I'm still proud of the, the effort of the players, and I'm sure that every Salford fan that went on Thursday night will be at the uh, will be at the next home game uh, because the, the players put that much effort in. Yeah, that's that's us fans. That's all we want. Uh, obviously, let's get talking about the game. The first try, uh, Junior Sal Paul. Great footwork, footwork by Sal and good power. To, to get over the line. Yeah, it was. It was, it was good. He shot. He beat about four defenders there to get over the line. It was, it was a good try that. And he's, uh, you know, he's doing all right in the try scoring chat. I think he's got a six now for this season, hasn't he? And uh, he looks sharp as well, doesn't he, Junior? And uh, I was impressed with him and as well. But we got off to the perfect start there with that early score. Yeah, Warrington hit back uh, through Jack Hughes, Ryan. Um, you know, Warrington are a good side, and you know they, they showed that you know they're definitely a team to watch for this season. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I said before the start of the season, for me, 
Warrington and Wigan are the two teams to beat this year. Uh, Warrington's squad, squad is just incredible, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I think Wigan and Warrington, you know, to get so close to those teams in the last two weeks, you know, it really shows how far we've come as a squad and as a club and, you know, to be involved in them big games and to push teams like Wigan and Warrington all the way to the wire. I think it's great credit to the players we've got in the squad at the moment. Yeah, Warrington took the lead for a try uh, from Curry. Uh, Paul, you know, goal line defence, you know, wasn't wasn't the greatest and he, and he, and he burrowed through. No, I don't think the goal line defence has been the greatest this season, to be honest with you. I mean, on Thursday night, you sort of thought if we could keep Warrington out of our 25, we'd have a chance. But every time they were in there, they looked dangerous, didn't they? But... Then Warrington had a, had a try disallowed uh, through Penny Tolford sliding defence, just about, you know, does the job. Crucial moment in the game, that Ryan. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, I thought they scored the try, um, but the video ref. I mean, you know, I'm glad he went to the big screen because the lines were missed it. Uh, but fair credit to the lads. You know, we we were under a bit of pressure there, and we thought, oh god, you know, we could be on the back of an hammer in here. But you know, then I think we went and scored the next four tries uh, in the first half. Did we score five in the first half? I think so. You know, uh, the first half performance was absolutely brilliant, but. Again, I go back to what I said earlier about the bench. You know, I just don't think we've got enough coming off the bench, so we can't do it for the full 80. You know, you had players like Craig Cobchat, Tommy Lee working so hard. And unfortunately, you know, um, I just I just think we lost it on the bench uh, on Thursday. So, but uh, still proud of the lads. Still proud. Yeah. Uh, Salford struck back with a try uh, from Josh Jones. Little kick through. He got to the ball first and Salford win the attendance at that point, Paul. It was a great kick from Dobson that uh, there. It was a, it was a belting try there, and he showed a bit of pace there, Josh Jones. And we were we, we were on top there in the game. Then we, we turned it round, and uh, there was only for me the last twenty minutes of the first half. There's only one side in that game, mm. and um, th- what sort of inch the game for me again was the the decision to kick for goal after our time from O'Brien. I mean, it's easy saying that, but I just thought there another try from us. You know, we were 28, um, 28-12 up. I think another try they got us like 34-12. I don't think Warrington would have come back from that. But, you know, kicking for goal there, perhaps we were a bit cautious doing that. But, I mean, at the time, uh, 30, but I'll take that to Warrington for, for, a great, for a great comeback. But... Yep, uh, Salford extended the lead for a try from Johnson. A lovely break by uh, Josh Jones, uh, Ryan. You know, he's, he's turning on some good performances in, in a Salford shirt. And he uh, obviously, unfortunately, tackled close to the line. But Johnson had the power to dive over a couple of tackles later. Yeah, I think Josh Jones um, has been one of our standout performers this year. He works so hard, and you know he looks like he really wants it. He's he's the sort of player you know. We saw him when we scored that when Ben Murdoch went over against Wigan last week, and you know patting the patting his chest with a Salford badge, and uh, going to the Johnson the Johnson try. You know it's nice to see us score some of them soft tries because you know in years gone by I've seen us on the the wrong end of some of them, but we have been scoring a few soft tries, and it's they are nice to see to be honest, uh, but. Yeah, hopefully we can just keep scoring tries, but we we do need to start improving on our defence. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll surprise a lot of people this year. I'm sure we already have. So yeah, Salford continue to build build the pressure on Warrington with O'Brien kicking a forty twenty. Ryan, you know, you know, I thought he was played okay on on uh, last week. Um, where do you stand on on the fullback with him and uh, and Evels? You know, I, I like Niall Evels. I think he's a great player, uh, but I can see why they're going for Gaz O'Brien. He has. You know, it's that, that organisational element to his game. Um, you know, I think I think Gaz O'Brien was probably one of our best players on Thursday night, and with time he'll get better. But for me, going forward, you know, I want to see players from the academy play for this club, and 
you know, surely we can teach nigh levels to throw a ball to a winger or to kick a 40-20 with Tim Sheen's coaching him or, you know, Dobson. For me, I would like to see nigh levels get back in the full-back spot and I'm sure we will see it at some point this season because, you know, it's wasted having another full-back or another back on the bench. For me, three props on the bench and a hooker. Um, yeah, it's just like he only played five minutes on Thursday night and you would prefer to see, you know, a player like Niall play for the full eight like he's capable of doing. Yeah, so Salford pressure, built the pressure and rewarded with a try uh, from Sal uh, Paul. Lovely kick by Dobson and, and Sal dives over to score. Oh, yeah, it was it was a lovely kick from uh, from Dobson. But you've also got to give Sal a bit of credit there because he had a few defenders around him, wouldn't he? And he, he sort of jumped up and plucked that ball out of the air. And he's not the tallest bloke, is he, junior Sal? But, you know, he's in the right place at the right time. And what's we've got it... To 24 12, then, and like we were saying, there's um, back to what Rain about Gareth O'Brien. I thought he had a really good game on Thursday night again, very brave under the eye ball. And I mean, Warrington targeted him, he peppered him a few times, and you know, he took him all night. The eye balls and defended well, came into the line, he looks dangerous. So, you know, on the Nile levels debate, it's, it's I mean, I'd like to see Nile in the team, but at the moment, it's, it's hard to drop Gareth because he's playing so well, mm, definitely. Yeah, I think obviously O'Brien adds something different to what. What Evels does, uh, and you know, for me, you know, he's playing really, really well at the moment. His 40 20 was outstanding, and it helped uh, Salford get a foothold in the game. They continued, you know, the good performance. Um, Robert Lou um, sending Griffin well, Griffin over to, to score. Um, uh, Ryan, you know, at that point, Salford 28 12 or wins in our sails, and we're going going forward. Yeah, we were, and you know, I, I don't think any of, us, any of us expected at our time for Warrington to come back from that game. And you know, I can say, I, you know, honestly, I thought Warrington. Played so well to get back into that game. Chris Sandow's kicking game in that second half was unbelievable. And, you know, um, but we, we, we do have to start learning to play for the full 80 minutes and to close down these games. And, you know, witness, we were, we were 20 points up against them and they looked like they could have come back. You know, we need to put games to bed. We can't allow this to happen. And I'm sure we'll be working on it. Uh, I'm sure Greg Brown, the conditioner, will be drilling that into the players' minds and making sure that is the last time anyone comes back from 16 points down. So, yeah, We were in total control in that, in that first half, Paul. Uh, we had a 100% completion rate up to the 37th minute uh, when mm-hmm. Warren dropped the ball over the line. Uh, but that's, you know, it shows that, you know, if you control the ball, you know, you, you're in total control of the game and, you know, you might end up winning the game. That's what it's all about. That's the key. Isn't it? I mean, you can keep a side out your half from off the ball. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to win games, aren't you? But like we were saying there, I mean that that penalty kick got us to thirty points to twelve. But the next instance there with the, with the sim binning, I just thought the second half, Warrington's tactics to me were to knock us off our game a bit, and they, they wound up uh, Ben Murdoch Masala. There was that sim binning, and that sim binning incident seemed to, to turn the game for me because after that, it did it knocked us off. It knocked not Ben off his game, and uh, Warrington stormed back at us then. And to me, that was a turning point in the game. That yeah, mm. our completion went right went out win- window. We, you know, we, we dropped a bit of ball. We gave some silly penalties away. Logan Tonkins talking back to the referee. Uh, Masala having a little bit of a ding-dong in the middle of the pitch. And with Carney getting sin-binned, um, right, I thought we lost a bit of you know our momentum. And like you said, Warrington being a champions team, they only they only needed a little bit of a gap in that, you know, a little chink of light in that, in that door, and they took full advantage. Yeah, they did. And, you know, when you've got players like Chris Sandow navigating your players around the park, you know, no matter how many points you are behind in the game, you know they're gonna they're gonna score tries that side, and you know I I, I think they'll win Super League this year. I think with them we're gonna in the final. 
And to, you know, just to be involved, like, look, we've got to look at the positives there. You know, last year we got beat by much more. You know, it was a great game. It was good for our club to be involved in such a big game on TV. And, you know, to lose to lose the way we did, you know, it was just, it was just devastating. But, you know, we, we're getting there and it's a three-year plan and, you know, I'm sure we'll improve and, you know, we'll, we'll do Warrington in the, in the next season or the next couple of seasons. But, you know, I'm, I'm still proud of the boys and I'll be there supporting them every week. Yeah, Paul, Warrington, you know, had the, 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 the ascendancy at that point. Atkins scored for them. Um, I think it was a crucial moment in the game at that point. Warrington had the tails up. Uh, they forced a bit of a dropout, well, near enough a dropout uh, for us. And we, we spilt the ball coming out. And Warrington, you know, being a champion side, you know, in that situation, they've been there. They've been there before. Uh, and they were new out how to handle it in that situation. As we said before, it's all about that, isn't it? Getting on that roll and momentum. And momentum can swing in games very you can you can get a roll on, you can score back to back tries. And once you do that, you know, you can see the confidence sort of draining out of teams and you know, I think the momentum in that second half just swung Warrington's way and they've got some class players on that, that team as well, haven't they? And Yeah, and and they're saying that during that period of time, uh, there was sixteen tackles involved in, in that uh, period between Atkins scoring and the last try score Sims um, and Salford, sixteen tackles and Salford only sort of one collision three times in, in that in that period, uh, Ryan. You know, Warrington, you know, they knew the conditions, they played them fantastically and, and I suppose it's a learning curve, isn't it, that Salford have, have to deal with sides that, that can go up an extra gear. Yeah, I think the I think obviously we saw the heavens opened with twenty minutes to go and I feel like the conditions really went in their favour. You know, they've got Ashton Sims, Chris Hill was fantastic in that last twenty minutes and you know when them players, you know, they get momentum going and they get that quick play of the ball, you know Frankly, you know, teams like Warrington, with players like Ben Curry, and you know, they're just they're just unstoppable. Like, and you know, we haven't got the biggest back in the world. We've not got the biggest bench in the world, and you know, we give it everything that we've got, and that's all you can ask for. But unfortunately, this Warrington side are just they are a class above for us. Um, but I, I do feel like we are moving in the right direction, and eventually we will beat them. Yeah, Paul, we got back on uh, terms with Warrington. There, we traded traded sets. Um, we had a couple of uh, pops at go- drop goal ourselves. Dobson uh, missed one, and uh, Rob Lou missed one as well. Um, you, I, you sense it was a bit rushed. It weren't much of a sort of a you know calm and influence on that period of the time. Salford seemed a bit you know panicky. Yeah, we we did look a bit panicky there towards the end, Rob. I mean, we had a couple of attempts at dropping a goal from Dobson and uh, Robert Louis, both of them a pair of flappers really, weren't they? But you know the conditions were getting worse, and it was just whoever could hold the nerve there. I think even Sandow missed his first. Uh, attempt at a field goal and he also missed a penalty as well didn't he in the, the last minute there And but you know you've got to credit him it was a fantastic drop goal to, to win the game from about 40 yards out you know players round him and that and I mean bad conditions there boggy, bog of a pitch it's peeing it down and he's just turned around there and just walloped that over as if he was banging in front of the post so you know credit to the lad but it was heartbreaking it, you know I was absolutely gutted again because just as that ball went through the post the hooter sounded and the players dropped to the knees and it was I don't know, it was just, just one of them again, wasn't it? Just just wasn't our night in the end. Yeah, utter heartbreak for Salford, obviously. You know, putting all that work in, uh, Ryan, uh, to get, you know, it stolen away from him. You've got to give Sandow credit. Wonderful, wonderful drop goal. Like Paul said, 55 yards out at an angle, you know, in stormy, you know, pretty bad conditions. You know, proves, you know, he, he is a, you know, a class, class player. Absolutely, yeah. Chris Sandow is, is world class. For me, he's been the best player in the league this season. 
I don't think there'd be any arguments about that. He's been absolutely superb. And the way his kicking game, and I know he missed the, the penalty, but his kicking game in that second half was nothing short of sensational. And the drop goal to finish it off was just, you know, deserving of winning any game. Um, but, you know, we have to move on. And, you know, next week we've got Cass. So I would say we'll, we'll talk about sort of Cass later on. Um, you know, we, we've obviously Ian Watson, uh, you know, was gutted about, about the, the result. Uh, but this is what he had to say in the press conference after the game. No, no, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I think we, we could have been smarter to be fair. Um, I think first half we played the way exactly as we spoke about, and we did the right things. Second half we came out and it was as if we kind of shut shop a little bit. To be fair, um, and we need to keep playing the way way we was playing um, to get the results. <laughs> Did you, did you think it close to being game over, 20 minutes left and you were 18 points to the good, especially in those conditions? Oh, no, you, you never think the game's um, won. You can, you, you play to the last minute, that's kind of what you're taught as a kid, aren't you? Stuff like that. Um, but no, we, we didn't think it was won. We just we knew we weren't doing the right things at that time. Um, but we were talking about getting the messages out to the guys, about like getting back in control and doing the things what we were doing in the first half. It's just it, it's difficult when you kind of give a team a little bit of a leg up and then they start playing the way they're doing and then to be fair they finished it really well which is what champion teams do and we've been bit now twice by that against Wigan against Warrington as well and that's maybe something as a club that we need to learn we need to learn to win them big games and finish them off and that's probably where they've had that practice to be fair Is there a lot of positive contact though you just touched on the Wigan game as well from, from running two really good teams really close yeah, it's po it's positive that way, and we, we we've got to take it like and go forward with that as well. But the big things for us are to do the right things, to do what we've kind of set ourselves out to do, and not restrict ourselves because we are we are we're a good team, and if and if we play the way we can play, we will trouble teams. And there's no doubt in that, and I'm I'm hundred percent confident in that as well. It's just I think we need to learn maybe as a group um, that we can finish teams off if we do the right things. So Ian Watson talking about learning uh, to, you know, learning from games like that, Paul. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a learning curve uh, for him and, you know, for Salford to, you know, to go to that next level. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, the last few times we played Warrington, we, you know, especially at the AJ Bell, we've, we've been hammered really, haven't we? And like St. Helens as well, they got 50 points off us, off against us a few um, seasons running. But whereas this season, we've turned that round, we beat St. Helens. And, you know, in fairness, really, we deserved at least a draw out of that game against Warrington. I mean, apart from mm. long periods of the game, we were the better side. So, you've you've done really well there against two sides. that You know, St. Helens and Warrington are going to finish in the top four or five of, this, of the league. So, the start we've made, you've played Wigan away, we've played Warrington, we've played St. Helens, and we've played Hull away. Those sides are all going to be in the mix, so everybody says. And we've played Widness at home, who were top of the table. So, it's been a tough start, really, and... Now we've got two away games against two sides that are maybe not going to be in the top four, Castleford and OKR, and it's of vital importance now that we can kick on and you know get something from those games, I think. Yeah, who was your man of the match, Ryan? Um, I think Gaz O'Brien. I thought he played very well. Uh, Warrington put him under all sorts of pressure and he handled the high balls very well. Um, I also thought Junior Sal played very well as well. Um, Justin Carney put a lot of metres in, a lot of hard work. A lot of carries. Uh, there were some great performances. One to thirteen for me. Uh, we're, we're absolutely superb on Thursday. Paul, who, who do you reckon's the man of the match? 
He stole my thunder there. I was going to yeah, say Gareth O'Brien. That's good about the whole team at one point. Yeah, well, I was going to say Gareth O'Brien and uh, Junior Sal, but but yeah, another lad I thought who worked his socks off on uh, Thursday was Mark Flanagan. I mean, he does a lot of unsung work, Mark. You know, a lot of tackling, taking the ball up, and that, and you know. Playing, uh, playing at loose forward, to me, loose forward's always been that sort of position. It's a specialist position, isn't it, loose forward? You're there mopping up and doing all the hard work and that, and, and, and he does. Um, and I thought I thought Gareth O'Brien, like Ryan said, he, he he was tested. Warrington did test him and they've got a good kicking game there. You know, Ratchford can kick, uh, that Russell can kick the full back and you've got Sando as well. And they did, they peppered O'Brien and, you know, he's brave on countless occasions taking the eyeball. So, so I think I'll go with Gareth O'Brien because I remember saying on Thursday night he was my man in the match, so I'll, I'll stick with him. I think I'm I'm going to go for for Josh Jones. I thought you know he was he was powerful in in that second row for us. Uh, you know scored his try, uh, made the made the uh, the Johnson one as well with a great break. Um, you know he's he's growing. You know he's growing in this his open side, uh, and it's you know only good things uh, are going to come uh, from Josh Jones. I think in a red shirt. Uh, I've got the uh, three word match reports uh, from our listeners. Uh, Nathan Archer, he says, I can't speak. His man of the match was, uh, well, he's got a choice between ben, Big Ben, Burdock, Masala, or Junior Sal. Uh, Mike D, he said, let it slip. Uh, Louise Woodward-Styles, uh, she says, ours to lose. Uh, her man of the match was Cop Jack. John Pembleton, uh, very poor bench. He agrees with you, Ryan, that the, the bench, uh, you know, needs some work. Uh, mm. Bob, Chairman Bob, he says, uh, chucked it away. Uh, his man of the match was Copjack. King, he says, last second heartbreak. His man of the match was Sal. Uh, Hitman, Hitman Hindle uh, says, Sandow the difference. His man of the match was Copjack. A uh, few people going for Copjack, Paul, in, in the man of the match stakes. Yeah, you could give Copjack the man of the match every game he played this season. The lad's worked his socks off. He, he tackles well. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he played. Did he play the 80 minutes again on Friday? Or Thursday, sorry. He has done it. He's played 80 minutes a few times this season. And, you know, he's, I was saying last week, I think, you know, how, how much I think Huddersfield are missing him. I can't believe they let him go because he's been the mainstay of their pack for a few years. And he, he did really well again. He's, he looks solid to me. I think he's one of the signings of the, we've, you know, the season we've made so far. I think he's been, he's been, uh, been top notch. Yeah, John Hayes, he agrees with you. Uh, Cop, Jack, gutted, devastated. Uh, Bill Ryan says uh, Heartbreak Hotel, his man of the match was O'Brien. Uh, Andy Steele uh, said Very Wet, uh, his man of the match, Ben Murdoch Masala. John Lawton said Finish Teams Off, O'Brien. Uh, and the final one we got is Chris and Janet uh, Shenton said Keep It Up, Ben Murdoch Masala. He got a bit of treatment, didn't he, uh, Masala, uh, Ryan, uh, in that second half, Warrington, trying to wind him up. Um, fortunately, he took the bait. He did, yeah. Um... I think uh, he had a bit of an altercation with Ben Curry in that second half. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if I was Ben Curry, I wouldn't be kicking off with Ben Murdoch. No. The big bloke, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, he didn't actually get sent off, Ben. I think it was Justin Carney who got sent off for his little push on Ashton Sims. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ben's a great player. And, he's, you know, I think we've made some really good signings this year. And Ben, for me, is one of our star men uh, going forward. Yeah, I think it's the ultimate compliment that the opposition kind of target you, Paul. Uh, you know, and he's, he has been outstanding so far this season, uh, and I'm sure it, you know it'll get back to you know top form soon. Yeah, it's all about that composure, though, isn't it? I mean, Tony Smith is a wily coach, isn't he? Tony Smith is not daft, and I think he sort of said to them, "I'm, I'm sure he said to them at half time, you know, let's rattle solve with with 28-12 down here. 
let's let's take it to them. And they did do. They came out in the second half and they've obviously watched Murdoch Marcella in the games we played this season and he has got a bit of a sharp fuse, hasn't he? Which can be a good thing. I mean, he's got the aggression as well, which we which we've been crying out for a forward like that. I mean, we've not had many forwards like that, you know, I can think of people like Paul Farber, but there's not been many since, has it, that we've had with with that sort of aggression. So it's, it's nice to see. But I think they wound him up and to me, that was one of the turning points in the game in the second half. It sort of took our composure away and they knocked us off our, our game a bit and knocked us off our stride. But I've been impressed with Ben and I think he's he's going to get better as the, as the season goes on. He's only just settling into the, the side and uh, but he's, do, he's doing really well. Yeah, looking at the uh, the tackles uh, statistics, uh, Tommy Lee with 50, George Griffin with 39, Adam Warren with 24, Logan Tompkins with 27. Uh, Ryan, you know, the forwards, you know, making plenty of tackles uh, against Warren, Warrington and, you know, muscling up. Yeah, Tommy Lee, 51 tackles. Like, that is just incredible effort. Um, you know, the captain, you know, he's, he's really leading by example there. Um, again, though, I, I do feel that, you know, going back to the bench situation, I feel like we do need to strengthen that bench. I would like to see us sign another prop forward, maybe ring Carl Forster back in the side, give Gareth, uh, give Haggerty a go. Um, maybe give Jordan Ariande a go, the new signing. Um, I, I would prefer to use, you know, three on the bench, but yeah, the workload that the players are getting through is incredible. I've, I've never seen a Salford side work this hard for each other, and it's great to watch, honestly. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, I'm saying the, the effort and commitment is there, and when we can ask uh, for, for anything more, um, look, going forward, the, the meter makers, Justin Carney made 168, uh, George Griffin made 106. Um, Junior Sal made 104. You know they made some big inroads into the uh, Warrington side, uh, Paul, and it's 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 good to see. It was, and you know we had them on the back foot. I mean, there's not many teams this season that will blow Warrington away. In, you know, 28-12 lead. I mean, I know we didn't hang on to it, but you know it was there for all to see in the first half. I mean, we made them look average, didn't we? We took the game to them and we, we had them on the back foot and they were panicking there. So it's just, I think it's just, there's a few little things we need to tweak and there's a few bits and bobs in that second half, you know, there where we we, we took our foot off the gas and we got a bit involved in, got a bit involved in that scrap in the middle there. But I think that's all going to come in time and it's experience. And I mean, like we were saying before, last season we got buried off Warrington. So it's just little things we need to improve on. But, you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding this, this Sunday, isn't it? When we've got a castle for do a, Probably not as good as Warrington. We've got to go there and uh, and do the business. Yeah. So obviously now we've we've finished talking about the defeat uh, to Warrington and we'll uh, we'll have a little talk about you know the little bits of news that have happened this week at Salford Red Devils. So big news. Um, Salford Red Devils news of the week. Uh, the RFL uh, have charged us with alleged breaches of the operational rules and salary cap regulations concerning contractual arrangements made with Salford players in 2014 and 2015, Paul. Um, coming straight after the defeat from Warrington, it was you know, a serious you know, kick in the gut. Uh, what do you think? It was a kick in the gut, mate. I was absolutely gutted when I heard that, that news you know, on uh, Friday morning because he's, he's one of them. I mean, when you follow the club... You don't want things like that. You follow with with pride, don't you? Really, and you know I love Salford, and, and to hear, you know to, to have our name slandered like that or talked about like that, it hurts you, doesn't it? And it, it hurt me on Friday. I, I was at work and I couldn't concentrate. I kept thinking about this and thinking about points getting docked off, and it's just you, you don't all as you want. You just want the club to be run properly, and 
you know, honestly, and like we can only stick to fact, can't we? But if if it does come to light that we have fiddled it, I think somebody who's responsible for it should come out and you know explain to the supporters. But obviously, we can't really go into that until until his hearings has gone on, really, can we? Because you know, Marwan sort of said it's it's a load of rubbish, but. If you've been charged with it, they must have some sort of evidence. But reading between the lines, I'm not so sure whether it's he's got anything to do with Bradford because I know their chairman's been quite vocal, aren't he, about us. Whether that's just just Bradford sort of um, because they didn't get into Super League, whether it's something to do with that, I don't I don't know. But I think we'll have to wait until there's a few more facts out. But it, it, I, I was really annoyed about it on Friday anyway, and especially after the Warrington defeat. It was another another sort of kick in the teeth, really. Yeah, my one that came out. Uh, swinging Ryan, uh, my association with Salford has given me the Salfordian mentality. We stick together, we fight together, and we will win together. Um, you know the the haters are out in force, and you know, fortunately, you know you you've got to you've got to take this sometimes. And my one's come out and said, you know, there's nothing to worry about. You know, and he's he's not a lost one. He's not a lost one yet, has he, Ryan? No, um, I think my one's a very passionate guy, and he's very passionate about Salford, and. Um... You know, unfortunately, this is just another another thing we're just going to have to deal with, unfortunately. What's disappointing for me is the way it's all come about. You know, this was uh, this was raised by Mark Green, the, Bad, the Bradford chairman, over the Poli- Tony Politua signing. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it just disappointed me how another club's had to bring it up. You know, surely the RFL should have been monitoring this themselves. Um, you know, as far as I'm aware, we've been fully cooperating with the RFL. Um, and hopefully, you know, we won't get a points to do. So, the big news coming out from the Sovereign Devils today from the press conference. Marwan Kukash is willing to go to war with the RFL over this points deduction uh, threat from breaching the salary cap from the 2014 and 2015 uh, season. Uh, Ryan, you know, what, did you, what have you made it? Obviously, all through Twitter, we saw, we heard the, uh, you know, the press conference. What do you think? Well, for me, it was refreshing to see, you know, Marlon Kukash come out in a more composed and professional manner. Uh, I went to his press conference after the Kevin Locke scenario. And, you know, it's not exactly what you want to see from an owner of a club. Again, I said uh, Marlon's a very passionate man, but I think he needs to channel that sometimes. And, yeah, I was, I was quite impressed with Marlon today. And, but it isn't looking good. You know, you don't want these sort of things to happen to your club. Yeah, uh, we've, got a little, we've got a snippet of the... Uh... Of the press conference, it's actually 45 minutes long, uh, but we've actually had a little edit. We've edited it down to a little five-minute feature just to have a little listen, a little taste on, on what on what he said. Following the employment tribunal uh, last uh, October uh, with Tony, in which his case was uh, he was forced to withdraw it, the RFL um, brought to me to say they would like to initiate uh, an investigation. Uh, he came in and asked questions and asked for details and we've given him everything that he asked for and we supplied him with information way above what he asked for. I actually gave him the whole bundle that was used in, in, in court. And we waited for a month or two and we didn't hear anything. And obviously during that time, um, an email that was circulated to uh, every owner of rugby, uh, the rugby clubs by Mr. Mark Green, uh, in which I thought was putting extra pressure on the RFL not 
just to investigate Salford, but to actually charge Salford. And that's the way I saw it at the time, and I think a lot of people could read that into it as well. Last week, um, I became aware that the RFL are about to charge the club. And I had an indication that we were going to be receiving something on Thursday. I contacted a senior officer in the RFL and I pleaded with him not to release anything before the game. And if they had to release something on Thursday, can they do it at one minute past eight or after one minute past eight? We had a group of young boys that were about to play a huge game on Thursday and I wanted to protect them from any gossip. And I was assured that the email will only be sent to me at one minute past eight. Just before five o'clock, I was horrified to receive the email. And I thought that's not very professional. Uh, you know, just through our association with Salford, we have the Salfordian mentality and we will stick together, we'll fight this together and we are gonna win this together. And I don't want anybody to have any doubt about that. At the end of the day, we all make mistakes. Have I made any mistakes? Maybe, maybe not. Have I done anything wrong? No. A letter a couple of days ago asking me to select a date for the hearing. And they gave me a list of dates, which is between two weeks and three weeks from now. And what I'm right saying to you here today, there's no way on earth will I agree to a day for the hearing before seeing the evidence. Although the RFL might want to see us as a small club, we're not. We are entitled to our rights as every other club. If they want to charge us, show me what the evidence is. Until I consult a lawyer, my club will not accept to set a date for a hearing before that. So that's absolutely clear. Let's, let's investigate Salford. Let's try to find anything about them, right, in order to, to maybe set an example. I mean, I will always speak my mind. If it upsets them, hard luck. You know, we have a very young team now that are playing very, very well. And um, we are way below the salary cap. And they're playing attractive football, which could only be good for the competition. And it would be nice for the RFL to help me protect those boys. And all what I'm asking them to do is that to come out with a statement saying that their investigations has nothing to do with the current squad and nothing to do with our salary cap. By enjoying working and watching a group of boys playing for the shirt and not for the money. And I put a tweet out to say 
I don't know what all the fuss is all about. That's on Friday. Stay calm. I'm really, I have nothing to worry about. And if necessary, I'll go to the highest court in the land. I have the means to take this case to the highest court in the land to protect the interests of my club, our fans, and our players. I'm fully committed to the group of boys we have out there, fully committed to the staff we have, and that's why I wouldn't, wouldn't walk out. Sit and watch the boys playing, and we were playing a Warrington side, you know, that everybody's tipping, and we ripped them apart. And with more experience under our belt, we'll be able to handle situations like that, and we won't lose that game again. And for me, we look awesome. So it's very, very frustrating that uh, we've got it right on the field at last, and we get this now. This could have been dealt with way back. Certainly the RFL were aware of the, um, the Tony a long time ago, you know, over a year and a half ago, in 2014, they could have dealt with it then. Do you feel that Salford is being treated differently than other teams in, in Super League or other teams with a, with a salary cap situation? Do you feel Salford is being treated differently and unfairly? Yes, uh, absolutely. And they've been uh, treated unfairly for the last three years as well. Why? Because probably I have the balls to say to the RFL things other people won't say to them. I'm not, I'm not a follower. And I will always speak my mind. If it gets in, me into trouble, so what? Right? Now, if they want to carry making an example of Salford, i.e. start deducting points from us, and that's when I will press the red button, and I'll go all out for war. And I will go. I will go to the highest. So any point deduction would trigger off that reaction from, from you and, and from Salford? Yeah, because it's unfair. It would be very, very unfair. So, Paul, Mauan Kukash, you know, he's, he's a very passionate man, like Ryan says, and he's not happy that the RFL is, is you know, putting the boot into his Salford. No, but I, I, don't, I don't really know what, what the, the RFL are on about, to be honest. They, they need to come out now, I think, and sort of, you know, put some evidence up so we can't really, like, comment until we've had this hearing, but it's, it's not, none of this is good. It's all negative stuff, in it, really? So, as far as I'm concerned, the sooner it's dealt with and out of the way, the better. Because all we want to do is, is win games on the on the pitch, don't we? But you can understand Marlon from his point of view. He's going to defend his, his club, isn't he? Um, but it's not it's not good, is it? And we just want to, you know, from from my point of view, we just want to get rid of it and hide it under the carpet as quick as we can. And the best thing we can do is go and bury Castleford on on Sunday. And then everyone's talking about the rugby league on the pitch again, rather than stuff off the pitch. Yeah, Marlon thinks you know the RFL has got it in for him, Ryan. You know there have been incidents over the last three years that Salford haven't got the the right end of the stick. Um, is it is it just us being a bit paranoid, or, or, or do you think you, you might be onto something? Absolutely not. I believe the RFL have certainly been untreating Marwan Kukash and Salford over the last three years. Even before that, I believe we were conned into moving from the Willows. We were told 
if we didn't move from the Willows, you'd be chucked out of Super League, you'll lose your franchise. You know, look at the ground we're going to on Sunday. Look at Wakefield's ground. You know, he, he alluded to the St. Ellen's fielding, you know, 14 players in 2006. For that, they got a £100 fine. We did the same thing seven years later. £10,000 fine. Two-point point, uh, two deduction off the league. The list is endless. You know, you can look at uh, last weekend, you know, Ben Curry <coughs> ruffling Ben Murdoch, Masilla's air. Uh, got, gets no ban. You know, Josh Griffin did the same thing last season. Got a one-match ban and a £300 fine. How is that fair? It's, it's amazing. When you, when you actually look down the list of, of, our, of our charges, uh, Paul, you know, we, we have had you know, a bad run when it comes to luck, you know, getting, you know, the odd yeah. you know, decision again. Well, not the odd decision, a lot of decisions against us. Well, yeah, in like the sort of 20 or 30 years I've been going, I mean, I can ream off hundreds of games I've been to where I think we've had the rough end of the stick. I mean, you've only got to talk to, you know, I speak to my dad regular. And you can go back to like the late sixties, early seventies, and the amount of games we got robbed, and things. Like, there's, there's been loads of incidents, haven't there? I can think of all sorts. I'm not going to read them off the top of my head, but we have had the rough end of the stick plenty of times. A bit of grounds like Wigan, and you look sometimes at our sort of um, track records at you know grounds like St Helens, Wigan, and you know, I know we've been poor in some of the, the games, but there's been a lot of games where we've not had the bounce of the Last ball. Week. Can, yeah, well, there, there's another one, and I mean, I know we've been stuffed there a few times, but I've been at a lot of these grounds and. We have had the, the rough end of the end of the stick, and I don't know whether it's us being paranoid or not. But you speak to a lot of older supporters who were sort of in the forties and the fifties, and they'll tell you, you know, they've seen us rob plenty of times. And I can think, you know, going back the the late nineties in the the cup semi final against Sheffield, I think we got the rough end of the stick that day. Um, there's loads of them in there, but. What do you do? Perhaps it's just us being paranoid, but I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> Ryan, do you reckon you could go, obviously, take the RFL on and win? Obviously, being the governing body, you know, <clears throat> are we able to do that? I think we've got the, you know, the ability to get to do that, do you reckon? Well, as far as I'm aware, Mal and Kukash and the RFL actually have the same legal team, so I don't know how that would work. I'm not a law expert at all, but, you know, Mal and Kukash, he's come out with some pretty big claims today, you know, he said he'll press the red button, uh, potentially go to the highest court in the land. You know, this this could be big, you know, and I think Marlon Kukash, he isn't one to back down. He, you know, he's not given up on Salford yet. He said he's got that Salford mentality. He's very passionate. I, I think this could turn to a very big story if this does go to a high court. And I tell you what, Rob, I hope it does, to be honest, because things like what I just mentioned need to be brought up. There is no way the RFL have been impartial with Salford compared to all the clubs, there is no way we've been treated fairly. So you reckon this could be a bit of a game changer, Paul? Really, the whole sport. If Marwan obviously you know gets you know the result he wants, you know yeah. they need restructuring the RFL or you know at least rule change. Mm, I don't know if he can you can beat them though. I don't know if he can beat a governing body of a sport. I don't know. To be honest, uh, I'm not one for getting involved in stuff like that. I mean, I just like to go and watch my, my team week in, week out. I don't really like getting involved with the politics. and I don't think it's good for the game, stuff like this. And I don't know. I think sort of the last few years, it's left a sour taste in my mouth, just the whole game, to be honest, because there's that many negative stories now, isn't there, about players and this, that and the other. And you hear it all the time, don't you? This guy's leaving there. I mean, tonight, tonight I'm looking at about Brian Briley now, what's going on at Lee and things like that. I know it's nothing to do with us, but I think there's a, there's a lot of neg- negativity about the game and... It's not good. It's not good. And I mean, you look at the Australians and how, how they're pulling away from us. And, that, and I think we, 
for want of a better word, we need you need a bit more sort of togetherness in rugby league, and I don't know, it just uh, it just winds me up sometimes. The amount of infighting there is in in the game. Do you think it's fair, uh, Ryan, that you know the other fellas have you know come out uh, with with these claims, but not actually sort of proved it to us, they even let the club know, say, look, this is this is why we you know why we think this has happened, and it seems to me like Marwan has said he's not he's not he's not seen anything. You know, to, to to you know to prove it for me. You know, what do you think of that? Well, you know, they've had a week. They announced it uh, this time last week, or was it Friday morning? So still have no evidence. I think that's pretty poor from the RFL, but their rules do state that they only have to give us the evidence two weeks before. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes of it. You know, if if it is the the Nile levels Maserati uh, saga or something like that, so be it. You know, I, I think that's quite embarrassing to be honest. For me, I think the salary cap should be raised. Um, and personally, uh, I, you know, I just do not believe that we're the only team over the cap. And if anyone does, I'm sorry, but get real. <laughs> yeah, as like I say, with with the you know the, the the bonuses for players and stuff like that, Paul. You know, higher levels, you know, gets a calf, you know, playing fantastically mm-hmm. well. And uh, there's there's, there's uh, you know uh, records of uh, Stefan Ratchford tweeting the uh, Warrington chairman about getting him, you know, uh, concert tickets, for, you know, for for his performances. You know, obviously a car is more expensive than, than a set of tickets for a concert, but you know, same it's the same kind of thing and, and really how can you know, you really, you know, look at that and you know, can it really be that much of a difference, really? Yeah, you wonder why he left Salford, won't you? I mean he's getting tickets for one direction and nine <laughs> levels gets a Maserati. Should have, should have stayed at Salford, shouldn't they? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean I don't want to down talk my one, but sometimes I think he brings a bit of it on himself. I mean things like that, like Maserati, I mean just keep it quiet. Just keep it in house. I mean, not, not everybody needs to know about that, do they? So, I don't know. Perhaps he brings it on himself a bit sometimes, but I don't know. I mean, I don't see what that's got to do with the salary cap. To be honest, if you're just buying somebody a present, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see where that comes from. Sometimes I think reading between the lines, and I've said it since my one comes to Salford. I think there's a lot of bitterness and there's a lot of jealousy in the game, and I don't know why we've not won a major trophy for 40 years. But I think there's a lot of teams that are sort of frightened. Of us, you know, upsetting the apple cart and breaking into that top four. I think there is a lot of teams in Yorkshire, and I think they don't like Little Salford coming up, do they? And you know, speaking to like my dad from years ago, I don't think they liked it in the seventies when we came up and you know uh, shook a few people. So I think there's a bit of that as well. But I think we just need to keep keep plugging away and just keep our heads down. Really, I don't think fighting the RFL is going to going to do us any good. Yeah, I think obviously you know the Bradford chairman had had something to say about the Pullier tour. Uh, thing and you know it kind of looked like it small snowballed from there. The RFL, you know, what got involved and, and obviously they're they're looking at it, uh, Ryan. Um, I'm just kind of hoping we, you know, if we do uh, have to go into this, you know, combat with with the RFL, let's call it, you know, it gets dealt with quickly. We don't want this dragging on, you know, through our season and, and you know being a disruptive influence. No, we don't. We don't really want it to affect what what a great season it's already been in my eyes. Uh, you know, the players are playing incredibly well. But, you know, maybe this could be a good thing. Maybe this could teach the RFL to start treating us fairly if this does go to a court or, you know, I just I just want I just want I just want to see some impartiality from the RFL, some consistency. That's all I ask for from the governing body. But I just don't seem to get it with Salford. You know, another example I can make is, you know, the Rangi Chase suspension, which completely derailed our season last year. He got a seven match ban for tackling Brett Ferris, who was apparently out for the season. He was out for two months. You know, John Bedebsa injures Michael Shenton for the full season, no doubt, 
and gets four games. How is that yeah. consistent? It's I'm not, sorry. No, I, I, it's I was rubbish. When I heard that. You're right. It's a joke. There, and they were kicking off about that. You know, if John Bedebsa had had a Salford shirt on, I guarantee they got more than four games. Matt, it's mad, obviously, you know, quite passionate about this, uh, uh, Ryan. Um, you know, it's we, we don't, there's no, obviously, you know, proof on that, but we're, we're going to wait for the RFL to see what they they come uh, and bring to the table. I, I'm thinking, you know, 14 days notice for Marwan to get his defence together. Uh, I don't think that's kind of enough time uh, for me. I think he's kind of worried a little bit that, you know, that period of time isn't going to be enough, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we, Paul? We'll have to see what, you know, what happens there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just hope to God that you know, say we say the worst case scenario, we wind up getting like ten points deducted or twenty points deducted. Or even, but even now the build up to it, I hope the players don't you know take the focus of it because it's inevitable. People will. I mean, if we get like twenty points knocked off, it's going to affect the players. It's going to affect the confidence in it. It's going to you know what they're bothering for. You know, for the for the season now we're on minus twenty points. So I just hope that. That doesn't happen because the, the human beings at the end of the day, it's going to affect their preparations for the game. So we just hope Tim Sheens and, and Ian Watson have, have just got the players totally focused on Castleford this week because because stuff like this, distractions like this can 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 um, can take their eye off the ball and that's that could be the, the worst thing that could happen to us is if, if we take our eye off it and we go and get hammered this weekend and then you're on that that slippery slope like you were saying last night, Rob. You know you it's hard to get out of sometimes, isn't it? That so uh, you know some big games coming up. You know the next few weeks, and we've just got to make sure that, that on this off the field stuff is just dealt with by Marwan and the legal eagles and that, and just let the lads get on with it because you know we've we've got an opportunity this season to do something something special. I'll do, boys. Think what do you think? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you're right with that, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could rant on all night, mate. If you want me to. <laughs> I, gonna, I, I thought Ryan was going to start smashing his house up then for one. Yeah, but you, you spot you, you, you spot on. I mean. You, 2014-15 is getting out to do with them now they're a fresh set of lads and I mean they, they they can't be getting involved with stuff that's going on the, off the field and to be honest I'm not really really interested in it just want to see the players performing and giving their all every week and they have done up to now so let's just let's just talk about the positives I mean the RFL will sort all that out whether they do it the right way or whether they shaft us I don't know what's going to go on but let's just just keep winning games because like we said we've got a good run now in going into Easter we've got Castleford, OKR, Catalans and Huddersfield over at Easter. We've got four games there that I'm sure we can we can pick three, if not four wins out of, of those matches. Yeah, uh, tickets uh, for the Castleford game are available at the AJ Bell Stadium. You ring 0161 786 1570 uh, and obviously and get yourself uh, down, down to the uh, stadium. It's £20 for an adult, £12 for a concession. Uh, junior swaps are available uh, from the Salford, but you have to pick them up before you uh, head off to Castleford. Uh, there's a coach going down as well. The first pickup is from Shanders at quarter to one. The second pickup is from the Royal Souvenir at 12.55. The third pickup is from Eccle Town Hall at 10 past one. And the final pickup uh, is from the AJ Bell at 1.30. It's £15 um, for everybody, basically, Ryan, on, on this bus to Castleford. And we're hoping for a bit a big following to, you know, to get behind the boys. Oh, without a doubt, and I'm, I'm sure we will get a lot of Salford fans there. You know, I do like going to Castleford there. You know, Wilden Road, it's it's an old ground, and you know, I'm sure there'll be a good number of Salford fans there, and we'll make a great atmosphere, and hopefully we'll come away with the two points. Um, you know, they've got a few injuries there, Ben Roberts, Junior Moores, and Grant Millington, so you know, I don't see why we can't go there and come away with the two points on Sunday afternoon. 
yeah, another bit of news. Um, Salford's away game at Wakefield has moved, been moved uh, to the 2nd of April. Uh, kickoff is at 2.50, Paul. You know, Sky TV moving kickoffs again. It's not, it's not the, the greatest thing in the world. Well, to be honest with you, I think that game was always going to be on the Saturday anyway because I think it was on Sky. Right. Or it was supposed to be a Sky game. But from what I've heard, it's a double-header. I think we're on against Wakefield at 2.50 and I think there's a Catalan. I'm not sure who Catalan are playing, but I think they're on straight after us on, on Sky. So it's not ideal. But to be honest with you, I remember saying to you last season, we had quite a few Saturday games last year, didn't we? We had the, the Lee Challenge Cup game, which was a cracking day out apart from the result. Um, and the first game of the season when we played... Warrington away was a Saturday and we took a really good following and the Halifax away game in the middle eights that was a belting day out as well and a Saturday and we, we got like a good following to all them games so I mean Wakefield on a Saturday afternoon I mean go on the train there I think can't you so hopefully we'll take a big following there and uh, the way they're playing at the moment we'll, uh, we'll stuff them yeah so that's the the big news uh, you know this this week uh, coming out of Salford Red Devils um, and what we'll now do now we'll uh, have a look what our amateur side's They've been up to uh, this week uh, in our amateur report. Yeah, we've got the uh, the amateur results and fixtures coming up now. We've got the uh, the results from last weekend, the Northwest Men's League Cup result between Thato Heath and Folly Lane. Thato Heath twenty four, Folly Lane nil. The Northwest Men's League Trophy. Lee Miners Rangers 26, Rochdale Mayfield A24, Berry Broncos against Blackpool was postponed. The Northwest Men's League Shield, Mancunians nil, Berry Broncos A24, Langworthy Reds nil, West Horton Lions 24, and Salford City Roosters A38, Carriagehead Rhinos 6. A strong Salford City Roosters A team opened the 2016 season by defeating a very determined Carriagehead Rhino side at home in a local derby to move into the second round of the North West Men's League Challenge Shield. When the league campaign begins, Carriagehead will lay in the division above the Roosters A team, but on this occasion the Roosters included five or six lads that will most probably figure in their NCL team this season. On the other hand, they also included a 53-year-old Jimmy Lomax and 45-year-old debutant scrum half Mark Hughes who played a big part in the victory. The man of the match vote, though, went to young fullback Tom Pratt, closely followed by Ross Smith and Adam Taylor. Fullback George McCauley Shaw was most impressive for the Rhinos. Roosters took the lead on six minutes when Ben Connor was held close to the line and Lee Salisbury dived over for the, from the play of the ball, although too far out for Adam Walker to convert 4-0. Walker did convert the next try, though, on nine minutes when Martin Judge collected an astute kick from Hughes on the full, full to score next to the post 10-0. On 13 minutes, Richie Hayes opened the visitors' account with a try in the corner that was brilliantly converted by Ryan White, only for the Roosters to stretch the lead again two minutes later. The Rhinos knocked the ball on just over the halfway line and George Kemp scooped it up to race between the sticks, leaving Walker an easy 16, kick 16-6. At this point, it looked like the Roosters would run away with the game, but Caddies had, to their credit, tightened up their defence and kept the home side out until three minutes from half-time. And that despite having Tom Connor sent off for a trip on 32 minutes. They could have made life more comfortable for Salford as well if their second try had not been ruled out by the referee for a forward pass. The Roosters finally broke the Rhinos' resolve though on 37 minutes when Taya burst through the defensive line and sent Pratt between the sticks for a try that Walker improved for a half-time score of 22 points to six. Five minutes into the second half, Taya and Pratt combined to send Judge over for the second try, 28-6, and then Taya crashed over at the try line himself. Four minutes later, Walker converting both efforts, 
Again, it looked like the floodgates were about to open, but again, Caddy's had defended manfully until the 70th minute when Pratt sent Tom Smith in for the final try in the corner. Change kicker Taylor took the kick, but was unsuccessful, 38 points to 6, and with the referee deciding to end the game due to poor weather conditions, it finished 38 points to 6. That's Salford City Roosters. The under-19s gained a second comfortable win, thrashing North East under by 52 points to 4 away from home. For the second consecutive week, the Salford Red Devils under-19s were paired with one of the RFL development areas, this time away in the North East at the home of Newcastle Falcons. Having dispatched of Cumbria without conceding a point in the opening fixture of the season, the previous week, confidence in the visitors' camp was sky-high, although... True to his word, head coach Gareth Carvel had rung a few changes in order to give some of the younger players some game time. Not that this was to diminish in any respect the efficiency of the Red Devils' attack with their running yet another nine tries. Eight of them were converted by scrum half Lewis Fairhurst. Though the home side were successful in breaching the Salford defence early in the game to ensure they did not suffer the ignominy of failing to score on their home ground. Indeed, it took some 20 minutes for the Devils to take complete control of proceedings as despite registering their first points after six minutes their lead was quickly eroded when the North East crossed for their points a few minutes later by half time however Salford had put themselves in quite a commanding position having built up a 24-4 lead disaster struck the thunder as early as the second minute when sadly the game was held up for over three minutes owing to an ankle injury to prop Alex Taylor who was forced to retire from the fray at that point immediately upon the restart Salford went close to notching their first try when a great break by Lewis Fairhurst with Lewis Hatton in support put them close to the home line and Hooker Aaron Moore scooted over from the play of the ball only for the try to be ruled out owing to an obstruction by another Salford player. Three minutes later the North East had their own disappointment when the referee spotted a forward pass in the build-up to winger Jack Quinn crossing in the right-hand corner. There was to be no mistake however immediately afterwards when a Salford penalty enabled them to turn defence into attack and left centre Harry Madders ran strongly at the line to get the touchdown. From close to the touchline, Lewis Fairhurst was on target with his first conversion attempt. Despite this setback for the home side, the game ebbed and flowed until until a couple of minutes of repeat sets on the Salford line brought the North East their try through fullback Niall Sidney. The Red Devils' response was swift on 22 minutes, some rather questionable handling, moved the ball to the left close to the Thunder line, and standoff Alex Gaskell took advantage of the gap in the defensive line to score close to the corner. Lewis Fairhurst added the extras and extended the lead to 12 points to four. Two tries in the last five minutes of the half doubled the visitors' points tally and took the game beyond the northeast grass. First a strong run by Tom Millington set up position and his quick play of the ball saw fellow substitute Jack Cottingham get over and then from the scrum over on the left flank Alex Gaskell's clever feint and footwork created space for him to feed right winger Jake Knox for his first try at this level. Lewis Fairhurst was bang on target with two difficult kicks. It took only five minutes for Luke Foden's forceful running to power him over between the posts for the first of two back-to-back identical tries. The first followed Fairhurst play the ball from the almost identical spot and the second, seven minutes later, saw Foden ground by the left hand upright with his easiest kick so far. Fairhurst took the score to 36 points to four to Salford. A good break by Jack Thompson as a result of returning a thunder kick was immediately replicated by second rower Lewis Hatton on his way to scoring the next try on 21 minutes. With his, with his only miss of the afternoon, Fairhurst hit the near upright. That regular scorer of last season, Aaron Moore, was next on the sheet with a scoop similar in many respects to his earlier disallowed effort, but this time there was no obstruction while scoring was wrapped up by Hatton's second try as a result of the supporting Fairhurst break. Fairhurst, in fact, 
it was who had the very last say in converting both these efforts. The Salford team lineup was Croft, Kane, Thompson, Madders, Knox, Gaskell, Fairhurst, Foden, Moore, Bent, Akango, Ajwang, Hatton, Worrell, and the subs were Millington, Cottington, and Whitaker and Moffat. Yeah, great performance by the under 19s, Ryan, there, uh, and a good win away from home. Yeah, without a doubt. Um... I remember you just you just said uh, Edwin Akanga Juang. I remember watching him at the Willows when he must have been about 14, 15, playing at centre. And uh, when I saw him play for the first time, I thought this lad is uh, is going to be a special player. And uh, I think you'll see over the next couple of years him getting in the first team. Uh, he, he's going to be a superb player in the future. Cool. Uh, our final uh, match report uh, of the podcast uh, this week. Salford Junior had the cup final today. Uh, against Northumbria and went down 20 and lost 22 points to eight. A full-length try by Northumbrian fullback Barton uh, was was the crucial moment in the game. He went 100 yards to score. Uh, but you know they played fantastically well. Um, you know Salford University. They've still got the league title to go for Paul, and I'm sure they'll bounce back. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah, I mean they, they seem to be doing really well. I mean as of, of Manchester met as well and. Uh... A lot of the amateur sides have been doing really well, and I think the um, the conference league gets away the, underway this week, and I've got the fixtures for that as well. So uh, yeah, all the amateur rugby is uh, getting started now, so it's, uh, it's something else to look forward to. Yeah. So who's who's playing this week, Paul? Yeah, this week the conference starts. So this week, so the conference premier, which is like the the top league below uh, sort of the the uh, championship one, uh, we've got Lee Miners Rangers play Rochdale Mayfield in Division Two. It's Lee East against Salford City Roosters. The Northwest Division One, Wigan St. Pat's A play Folly Lane. Division Two, Bury Broncos play Lee East A. Halton Farnworth Hornets play Widnes Tigers, and Manchester Rangers play the Pilkington Rex A. In Division Four, it's Caddyshead Rhinos against Colchester Eagles. Eccleston against Bolton Mets. Garswood Stags against West Hart and Lions. Little Hulton Reds against Barry Broncos A. And Manchester Rangers A against Rochdale Cobras. In Division 5, it is Clockface Miners A against the Mancunians. And there's a tasty derby between Salford City Roosters A and Langworthy Reds. Thanks for that, Paul. Uh, now, what we'll do, uh, we'll talk to Ryan Ellis, a.k.a. the Sports Nomad, about his uh, experience uh, coming to watch Salford Red Devils uh, against Set Islands a couple of weeks ago. We've all seen the fan video of the Salford's great win against Set Islands, and I'm joined by its creator, uh, Ryan Ellis, uh, from thesportsnomad.com. All right, Ryan? How you doing? Good, good. Um, how did you you come up with the, the idea of the uh, sportsnomad.com? So, uh, actually, I did my undergrad in uh, Lugano, Switzerland, at an American school, and uh, on the weekends, I would just go to games. Um Hockey games in Switzerland, uh, soccer or football matches in in Italy, uh, as well as Germany. Um, that's that's what I would do. That's how I traveled, and uh, I kind of found that I was uh, finding or meeting some incredible people uh, at the pregame pubs uh, and and standing and singing with their uh, their favorite teams. And um, the thing about sports that's so great is you don't need to speak the same language to celebrate a goal or to to, to hug someone after a great play. It's a uh, just a really great unifying experience. Um, so yeah, so after I graduated, uh, I've been toying around with this idea for about uh, six six years now. And in the past six months, it's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do something about this. So um, I've kind of put together a few of the videos I've done over the years, and then uh, did uh, this this last trip to uh, Oslo, Salford, and then I went to a, an Everton match as well. So uh, that's where the idea came from. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's, it, there's no better way to travel than through sports, and uh, that's what the site's all about. Yeah, you say, you say obviously you've been 
sort of around the world, you know, watching different sports and, and different, you know, sporting events. Do, do you think like the cultures are different? Have you ever kind of experienced the different cultures as well? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a pure representation of someone's uh, of someone's culture uh, is through their sports and through their fandom. Um, it's it, it, you really get a sense of what a city is all about. Uh, I come from a city, you know, in the states, uh, from Philadelphia, and we're a we're a blue collar town. We're we're a hard nosed town, and that's definitely uh, represented through our sports, without a doubt. Yeah, that sounds a, a lot like the, the city of Salford. And you exactly. know, obviously, why, why did you why did you pick Salford and, and St. Helen? <laughs> um, to be completely honest, uh, it was the only thing I could find on a Thursday night <laughs> driving from Edinburgh to uh, Liverpool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it, it happened that way because I had an amazing time. But, yeah, no, I, I was looking for, you know, uh, uh, premiership games or league, league, uh, league two games. I was looking for rugby union games. And then uh, it's funny because... People in the States know about Rugby Union, and it's starting to catch on a little bit, but really know nothing about Rugby League. And so I, that was, I was like, oh, what about that? So then I looked up to the schedule, and I saw that there was a, a game uh, in between Edinburgh and Liverpool, and I said, all right, that's it. I'll make it happen. Was there much sort of planning involved? Obviously, we, we travel in and, you know, I mean, to sort of, um, you know, accommodation stuff. Was it much of a, you know, struggle getting from A to B, like? Uh not really. Um, you know, I, I knew before I left the States I was going to go to the match, uh, so I had some time to do some research. I, I you know, visited the website, and I followed on Twitter, and I uh, uh, was reading um, uh, things on Wikipedia and things like that, and, uh, you know, any, any blog I could find on the team. So I kind of had a good background. Um, I just, I didn't know they, they changed stadiums. <laughs> of all my research, I didn't know, like, I still thought that you guys were at your old stadium. Yeah. And uh, to find out that I had to go outside the city, it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but it worked out well. As well as that, was that like a, you know, did you find that out quite late in the day? You know, like... Yeah, no, because I, I, I checked into my hotel and I, I said, well, how do I get here? And they said, well, you know, they don't play there anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I was just going to grab a cab. But then I was like, you know what? That's 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 not fun. I want to be, you know, with the locals. I want to experience this this firsthand. Uh, that's where, yeah, I... I, I you know, kind of figured it out on the on the train and uh, how to how to get there by by, uh, by bus and said, "All right, screw it, here I go, Let's see what happens." Yeah, he says on the video that on the video you followed a, a man with with a Salford hat on. Um, you know, I, I personally I've done that once. So when I first went to St Helens about fifteen years ago, I drove to St Helens and I followed a guy who had I love St Helens on his bumper bumper uh-huh. sticker. Uh, <laughs> I followed him down for like twenty minutes and then he, he pulled up outside his terrace house and 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 got in his house and I was like. Are you not going to the match? And he was like, I'm first. <laughs> you know, was, was that kind of a worry that this, you know, soul fan with Hatton would just lead you, you know, somewhere where you didn't want to go, like? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, well, there, there were some other people in there as well. Uh, there, I saw some scarves. I saw some jerseys. But uh, that, that red hat made me, made me feel a lot better. That, and that's not the first time I've done that. I was in Munich uh, when I was studying. In, in, in undergrad, I was in Munich, and you know everyone knows Bayern, but no one knows 1860. Uh, and I saw a bunch of guys wearing blue and white jerseys, and so I was like, "All right." I followed him the subway and ended up at the Allianz Arena, and uh, had an amazing, amazing night there as well. So it's 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 funny. It's like just follow the jerseys. When in doubt, just follow the jerseys. Cool. So obviously, you got you got to the stadium. You know, are we impressed by you with the AJ Bell Stadium? Oh, it was a beautiful facility. Really, really well done. Very pretty. Um, I thought uh, uh, the fans, you know, from what I read before, you know, they, it, it sounded like uh, it was going to be a rough year for Salford. So I don't, I don't blame the fans for not filling it to capacity. But the fans that were there were absolutely incredible. 
Uh, the, the, the staff was very friendly. It was easy as hell to get a ticket. Uh, just walked up and said, I'd like to stand, please. <laughs> um, but no, it was beautiful. Actually, I wanted to, to get there. There was a party inside after the game, and I wanted to kind of get in there. But I think that was more for season ticket holders. But um, no, I was very impressed. It was a, a beautiful stadium and, and perfect size, too. That's that. You know, you don't want to you don't want a, a too big of a stadium when you know, you know, your fan base, you know, the size, you know, that they're going to, you know, rock the house. And that's uh, that's definitely what you guys did. Yeah. And Salford, uh, you know, Victoria tonight playing some fantastic rugby league. Um, you know, what was your impression of rugby league? Did, did you enjoy the game? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I think one of the reasons I like it is um, it was, you know, kind of similar to American football. So I kind of knew the rules. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I've, I've, done, I've done rugby union. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly <laughs> uh, what rugby union, what the rules in rugby union are. But, but rugby league, it was, you know, the, 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 even the field looked like, you know, a, a gridiron American football field so it was very easy to catch on and you know you have four tries and got to punt it away um yeah I I, I thought the, the game was great it was fast-paced uh and that's you know another no criticism to rugby union but it can get kind of kind of stale uh you didn't have that with rugby league and I really really liked it a lot yeah and obviously you know you went into the, the south stand at Salford uh, with with the hardcore um, you know how did you enjoy the experience oh it was the best those guys were so much fun from you know beginning to end, and um, I didn't get their names, but the guys to my right that had like the uh, the flag, yeah, um, they they explained everything to me, and they uh, they were really friendly. It's it's hard for me, which really I, this kind of wish I wish I had like a camera crew, because <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to like you know have a camera in my hand and be like, hey guys, like how are you enjoying the match? Like that would just kind of be awkward. But um, I would like to uh, I'd love to go back and talk to those guys again, talk to more fans, kind of do one on one interviews if if possible, because. They were so welcoming. They were so friendly. Um, I really, really enjoyed my time. Yeah, I think obviously you know the video. It was perfectly captured. I think obviously because you kind of filmed it. Not people didn't notice you were filming it. If that makes sense, and you caught the you know the emotion of, of everything. I thought, and I thought you know it's a, it's an unbelievable video. I think you know it's a much uh, congratulations to yourself to produce you know magic uh, you know video like that really. Oh, thank you very much. That's. Uh... You can you can learn a lot watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, would you would you come again to, to Salford? You've got the chance. Oh, in a heartbeat, absolutely. I would I would love to come back. Cool. I love I would love to uh, I'd love to do a, a a road match with you guys and kind of get like the really you know diehard fans on a road match. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I tried to tried to watch the the last game here in the states, but I couldn't do that with getting a whole bunch of pop up ads. Unfortunately. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, I would. Uh, if you guys will ever have me back, I will. I will be there. I think we might have you back. You might be our lucky charm. <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm used to uh, winning by uh, you know 34 points. Yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't go uh, can't go wrong. It's, it's a it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, watching <laughs> Salford Red Devils, and I'm I'm you know really glad that you, you know you enjoyed your first you know your first experience at, at following Salford Red Devils. I, you guys made it very easy for me to enjoy, and uh, the team. You know, like they they kicked ass, and it was a great, great, memorable night. Cool. And now, now you can follow the podcast. You can you can keep up to date weekly on what what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm actually going to go back now and, and listen to the uh, the St. Helens podcast. That was uh, you know relive it all over again. That's what it's all about, mate. Just give you just give your website another plug for us. Absolutely. You guys can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter at at the sports nomad dot com, uh, Facebook the sports. Nomad and uh, oh yeah, thesportsnomad.com. <laughs> yes, thanks for coming on, Ryan. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate this. So you know, we've all seen the video. You know what a great, what a great video, and, and what a great guy, Ryan.
Yeah, it's uh, you know it's good to see um, someone who's never been to a rugby league game before. Um, you know, come to the game and really enjoy it. And you know, he, he had only had good things to say about the Salford fans, and he agreed we were very passionate, and very friendly. And you know, that's good to hear because you know stuff like that can only be good for the club. Yeah, and we seem to have converted him. He's he's, he's since watched our uh, defeat uh, at Warrington. Um, and he's, he was heartbroken as well as we were. He says, just watch the highlights uh, for the Wanton game and they've left me gutted. Uh, but next time we, we go again against Cass uh, next week, Paul. But I say, you know, he's obviously, you know, come to Salford, he's enjoyed the experience and that's what we're hoping, you know, other fans that, you know, get the opportunity to come down to the AJ Bell, follow the same kind of process. Yeah, definitely. I think I mentioned last week about a friend of mine who I used to work with from Oldham, and he brought his his young lad down for the uh, the St Helens game and uh, sorry for the Witness game on the Sunday. Uh, he watched this the Saints game on the telly. Came because it was Sunday afternoon, and you know I think he's caught the bug now. And, and and it's like that. I mean, I caught the bug years ago. I was about sort of five when I started going. My dad took me junior reds and things like that. And I think you sort of. It becomes part of your life, doesn't it? And part of a way of life, I think. In the end, you know, if you, you carry on going, and and that's what you you want to breed. But the way the rub, the brand of rugby we're playing at the moment, I mean, young kids coming down watching that, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, especially the games we've had at home. I mean, the Witness game, the the Warrington game, fantastic games. I mean, even the Wigan game away from home. I think we lost the game, but the great games to be involved in, and great atmospheres, and you know, edgy seat stuff. I mean, you've probably seen the the video of me doing that match report. I mean, I was absolutely gutted as I said after that Wigan game but you know you want to be involved in games like that don't you, you don't want to be seen as getting hammered and, and th- this season I mean, I've been really positive up to now I think we've done really well but like that that guy coming watching it rugby league it's, it's a fantastic game isn't it and a fantastic sport and I think we're um, we're like a really good kept secret I think sometimes at rugby league I mean we don't get like the, the exposure that football gets but I think anybody new coming to the game watching it live I mean I don't think you can beat it, mate, Rugby League live. Yeah, so let's all talk about a bit more Rugby League and our game against Catherford on Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. Huge game for Salford Red Devils on Sunday against the Castleford Tigers at the Menderhose Jungle, Ryan. You know, after a few defeats, um, it's time for the, for the players to muscle up and bounce back. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, it's very important against Castleford that we get back to winning weights, and uh, I'm sure we will if we perform like we did against Warrington, especially. Um, you know, Castleford, Ben Roberts, Junior Moores, and Grant Millington are out for them on Sunday, so you know, I think that should give us a bit of a boost going into the game. And you know, if we keep playing like the way we have been doing, I'm, I'm sure we'll come away with the two points. Yeah, not been the best hunting ground for us, Paul, over the years, Castleford. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, because we lost the last two, it's extra important. We now, you know, change that. We, you know, the tide is switched. Yeah, he's always a tough place to go in it as well, Weldon Road. I mean, looking back at the the previous fixtures, we've not won there since two thousand and four. I think we won there twice that season when when Cass got relegated. But they've been close games. I mean, last season they beat us uh, thirty points to sixteen. I think it was on a Friday night, and that was a game that we was in. And the season before that, um, we lost there by fourteen points to ten. Season before that, 44-30. So there's been some tight games there at Castleford over the last sort of five or six years. But um, hopefully we're going to put it right. But it is, it's one of those grounds we always seem to seem to struggle at, really. But, you know, I'm confident on, on Sunday with the right his attitude, I think. If we can go there with the right attitude, come out of the blocks, the start to me is, 
you know, is important. It always is at away away grounds. If you let them get their tails up and get get a bit of a lead, your back's against the wall, aren't they? But if we can get our right attitude and hopefully we can uh, we can do the business. Do you think their injuries, uh, Ryan? You think that's you know going to affect him, or do you reckon it's going to lift them? I think it's going to have to really. Uh, you know, Ben Roberts for me is probably one of their top three players. Um, you know, Junior Moores and Grant Millinson. You know, big presence in their pack, and you know that's going to. You know, it will have it will have an impact on them going into this game. They're going to have three new faces coming into the seventeen. So you know, uh, I think I, you know I fancy us. I really do on Sunday. I think um, I don't think we're going to the game as favourites with the bookies, but you know I know who my money be on on Saturday. I think uh, I think they're big misses for Castleford. Uh, who do you reckon the danger man should be, Paul? Who should we be looking out for? For Castleford, that Denny Solomon is a good player. Mm. He scored some belting tries this season. I watched the the game when they played Hull. At the KC and they had, they had a good win there. Cassie, it was an exciting game. I can't remember what score it was. About thirty odd, twenty eight, something like that. But that Solomona, he looked a real, real powerful player. And you know, and a, a good, a really good finish. They've got Ben Crooks there as well, who uh, played at Hull. Went to Parramatta. Was it Parramatta? Or was that last season in Australia? It didn't work out for me. He's come back. But I tell you, else always seems to do well against us and always seems to score. That Jake Webster in the centres there. I mean, I don't think he's the quickest of blokes. I know, but he's powerful near the line. And Luke Gale as well, the halfback. I mean. Yeah, Ryan was just saying there the uh, the other half uh, that Roberts he won't be playing, but you know Luke Gale's uh, one to look out for, and uh, an old friend of ours will be in the pack as well. I think Lee Jewett, um, he's at Castleford now, and I believe um, the lad who's on loan from Wigan, that Ryan Hampshire, I've just seen today, he's going to be making his debut on uh, on Sunday. So they've got some good players, but uh, I think we've got enough to match him definitely. Yeah, I think it's going it's a huge huge game for Salford, considering you know all, you know last two defeats and and the big news of the week and. You know, you've got to you've got to stop the the tailspin uh, developing into a full blown sort of crash. Um, I'm hoping that you know the boys uh, will be you know prepared um, and obviously you know physically and mentally ready for a battle because obviously Castleford at home are a very very good side and you know Ryan we're going to have to be, have to be you know top of our game you know to, to get a result on Sunday. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we will be. Um, you know, I've been very impressed with the performances over the last four games. You know, I think it's very important that we we start the game well. Um, you know, we started well against Warrington last week, and you know we just we just need to play for the full eighty. And you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't come away with the two points. Um, I just I just feel like um, we're an exciting side to watch, and we will break down the defence. And I, I think I think you know the three losses will be will be a big big you know it's it's, it's a big loss for them. Ben Roberts, he's a great player. But, you know, they're still going to be dangerous. Luke Gale's a great player. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a tough match, but I, I do expect us to win the, uh, win the game. Yeah, I just hope we're, we're the, the team that, that breaks the mould. I know, obviously, we've been to Castleford over the years, Paul, and we've seen them, you know, we've seen us get beat in the last minute a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Hoping that this team, you know, breaks the mould, comes out, plays well, beats Castleford, and we get back on the front foot again. That um, that that ground's been uh, since I started watching Salford, it's been a real graveyard, on it? There's been some some hidings there, but there's been some hidings, but there's been like some last minute defeats as well. It's always been a ground to me. It's been a bit of a bog ground watching Salford. I mean, I can remember going there. Um, sort of late nineties, we played Castleford in the cup, and do you remember John Cartwright, the big second rower? Yeah, I remember him coming out that day, and he's one of the biggest players I've ever seen, and we absolutely battered Castleford that day. And I think that's the the way we've got to go. We approach it this Sunday. We've got to try and I think we've got to beat them in the pack. They've got a good pack of forwards them, and they always sort of 
to try and out-muscle your opening Castleford. And I think that's the way we've got to approach it. Plenty of aggression on Sunday and, you know, quieting them down a bit, quieting the supporters down a bit. And we can score points. We know that. We've scored plenty of points against Warrington, plenty of points against St. Helens. We can score tries. I think it's that defence. And I think it's also having that desire in defence as well, you know, close to the line. We've got to try and, you know, keep that goal line defence up. If they get like a couple of sets, because they will do, they'll get dropouts, they'll get penalties, they'll get a few sets on our line. We've got to hold them out and keep them out on uh, on Sunday. So uh, I, I fancy us on Sunday, though. I mean, considering now it has been a bit of a graveyard for us, I, I can see us turning them over. Yeah, uh, two, Eng- two uh, young English coaches as well, uh, Ryan, uh, taking place, Daryl Powell and uh, Ian Watson. Uh, at the, at both competing against each other at the game, uh, you know it's Daryl Powell's. You know we've done a fantastic job with with what he's got at Casper to keep him in that you know that top eight. Oh, absolutely, and you know you, you might have heard him before the season say they're looking for a top four finish. He really wants to, you know, either a trophy this year with Castleford, and uh, I don't see why not. I think they've got some great players like ourselves. They've, they've really built a team. Um, and yeah, I wish them all the best. I, I do like Castleford as a club. Uh, I love going to the old grounds such as Wilden Road. Um, yeah, I, I think they could do well. But um, yeah, I, I think we'll be. I think we'll be ready for them on Sunday. And I think Tim Sheens and you know Ian Watson. I think Ian Watson's done a great job. He's so committed, so passionate, and it's it's great to hear a you know a local lad's voice coaching the Salford side. You know, I don't think I've ever heard that before, but. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's an impo- It's a very important game. Every game is important, but you know, I'm confident. I think I feel we'll come away with the two points. Paul, give us your, your score prediction this week. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same again. There's going to be points, isn't there? Mm. I can't see it being like a really tight, tight game. I think it's going to be a decent day weather-wise on Sunday. Um, I've been looking at quite a few people's predictions on on the old Facebook and whatever, and I don't know. I'm going to go for oh, Salford 28, Castleford 20. 28, 20, close game for you, Paul. What about you, Ryan? I'm going to go 36, 20. 36? 36, 20, yeah. Salford? Yeah. That's a, that's a big score, Salford. I'll buy you a pint oh, yeah. if we win by that minute. It's <laughs> not <laughs> me with a big, big crazy prediction. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be a, you know, I'm going opposite to you, Paul. I think, you know, both sides. You know, Castleford, you know, will, will want to win your own, win, will want to win the own games, because uh, that's basically the secret of getting in the top eight. You know, winning your own games against the teams around you. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be a tight, tight contest. I think Salford will come out on top, twenty points to ten. He said tight contest. Then I thought he was going to say four nil to Salford. <laughs> like, remember that first Super League game against yeah. Cass. Yeah, that first game ever played in it. Phil Cousins is trying. I thought he was going to say like something like that, four nil, and a six-two or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think what it is, it's, it'll be a good marker. I think you know to see where we are as as a club and, and where we're going. Because obviously, like you said, we, we've played against you know uh, the big sides. We played against Sutherland. We played against Warrington. We played against Wigan. You know they're big sides, and now we're we're taking on Castleford in who are in that same kind of you know area we are in the league table and if you're going to finish in that top eight we've got to beat teams like this exactly. we've got to beat them because exactly. if you want to finish in that top eight it's like we were saying the other week if you're going to finish in the top eight you've got to replace one of those sides that are already in there yeah. and it's going to be very hard to replace Warrington, St. Helens, Wigan, Leeds teams like that but sort of the, the Castlefords the Huddersfields the Widnesshall teams like that 
they're the teams, well, maybe not so all this season, they're going to do it all right, but they've lost two home games, aren't they? So, yeah. you know, when we play Hull at home, that's a game we've got to be looking at winning. But I think Castleford all care these next two games now. They're going to be around and about where we, where we are, aren't they? And home games are key, like we've said, and we're doing all right at home. But like these are the away games I think we've got we've got to take points from now. Yeah, do you agree with that, Ryan? Nick, Nick these away from home, win your own games. You think it's in the fight? I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think enough can be said how important this away day is on Sunday. You know, we get a win at Castleford. You know, we've got a whole KR next. They've got a few injuries. You know, I feel like we could go there with a bit of confidence. And we play Catalan at home. And, you know, we need to build a momentum into that Easter period. I remember last year we had a good bit of form, you know, going into this time of the season. So, you know, Sunday's massive. You know, if we can go three wins from six, three wins, three losses, you know, I think that looks all right and I'll take that. But if you start going to two loss, uh, two wins, four losses, you know, it starts to look a bit uphill. So, you know, I, you know, I, think, I think we'll be fired up for it. I, I think the lads will give absolutely everything and we'll have a clever game plan under the guidance of Tim Sheens and, you know, I, I'm confident. I, I think we'll uh, pick up the two points. Yeah, we're all behind them on, on Sunday, hoping, hoping that Salford uh, come away from the Mender Holes jungle uh, with the two points. Uh, been another great podcast, Paul. Yeah, certainly has, mate. And I think, as we were saying there, I think it's really crucial. It's a crucial point of the season on Sunday. I think if we can, if we do get beat there, I mean, God forbid, the week after we go to Old Care, Old Care, you know, they do a win, aren't they? They've just got rid of the coach. We're going there. It's a tough place to go. You've just lost at Castleford. You lose there, then you're on, a, on the back foot, then aren't you? So I think if we can go there, get the get the result there, that's going to breed confidence. Then going to All Care, you do All Care. You've got the, the Easter period. Then last season we won both the games over the Easter period, didn't we? The Good Friday and Easter Monday. And I think it, it's crucial to to this part of the season now to get on a bit of a run. So uh, so yeah, I can't wait for Sunday. I'm uh, really excited, and it's good to have a Sunday game as well. I'm sick of these Thursday night ones, so be nice to go to a day out on a on a Sunday next two weeks. Anyway, have you enjoyed your first uh, podcast experience, Ryan? Yeah, I have, Rob. Uh, appreciate you for letting me come on come on to the show, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a good season. And uh, you know, if anyone's at the ground on Sunday, uh, come and have a pint with me. Yeah, you're gonna have to get uh, writing them blogs for the uh, the 18th man and tell us. You know what what you what you're thinking. I will definitely. I need to get back onto that. Uh, it's just a bit of time at the minute, but I will. I will obviously. Uh, I will promise you that I'll, I'll get back doing that again. Cool. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail, and we'll see you next week. Devil in the